UK Motor Talk at the British Motor Show 2021. So we are here at the British Motor Show. We are indeed, and we've got the uh, the rather spectacular sound. But when you look around, oh, actually, no, that's uh, that's exciting. Now we just had the sight of a uh, of a Nissan Micra uh, thrashing itself around the car park. But now we have a, uh, a classic Mini, which is a bit more exciting to look at. It's a twelve seventy five GT, in fact. But that that familiar rasp from a Mini. He's, uh, I'm not quite sure what the object of the exercise with this. If it's to have fun. Then, uh, then I think he's achieving that quite well. But he's certainly not hanging around with it. He's definitely not. And he's not being that mechanically sympathetic either, I don't think. But no. why not, indeed? It, it, it's an auto test, I think, of some kind. It's sort of almost like a Gymkhana that seems to be going on there. So the, the, the Farm District Motor Club here hanging around. I can see a Mark II Escort in the wings here waiting to come on. Here we go, listen to this. Here we are. Bogged down slightly, but uh, I think there'll be less handbrake and more uh, power over steer action. Yes. What a fantastic noise. It's a sunburst orange mark too. <laughs> He's just having an absolute whale of like, oh, nearly caught the barrier though. Oh my goodness. Here we are, cooked it a bit. Go on, oh yes. Ooh, three wheels around that one. This is the sound of the 70s and 80s right here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Sweeney, this is the professionals. Well, it's the, it's the sight sounds, but as well, it's the smells. And that's just proper. No catalytic converter, no nothing, just proper. Bit of petrol, bit of, uh, bit of burning rubber. Oh, the yeah. Micra's back again. That's quite a fruity Micra, to be fair. So this is the, the first British motor show for many, many years, and there's a lot here, isn't there? Uh, there is, to be fair. We've, uh, we've got lots to, uh, to try and look at today. I think there's bits inside, there's bits outside. Uh, we've got two halls. I think the first thing we're going to go and hit up might be the, uh, the electric uh, side of things, but also classic electric as well. I think I'm, I'm hoping to see some older cars with, uh, with modern running gear in them. Um, but then, yeah, we've got an outdoor display and then background there's supercars, uh, there's a couple of new manufacturers and, uh, and some other things going on as well. There's, there's definitely some interesting stuff out there. I, I glimpsed uh, an electric 2CV on the way through and a panhard of which I know absolutely nothing. So hopefully uh, we'll have a chat with the owner later and, uh, and, and figure out what that's about. It's uh, quite a cool looking thing. Difficult to pick an ear. I'm guessing it's, it's a 50s car, so I know nothing about it. So uh, hopefully we'll have a bit of a chat later on. Uh, otherwise, we've got... A lot of the manufacturers representing here. I've seen Ford, I've seen Sayak, Cupra, and uh, Citroen, I think, are here. Or at least I've seen some Citroens. At least I think they're Citroens. Who knows? They might have just been in the car park. I'm they may sure. have just been in the car park. But there's a lot here to look at. So we're going to walk around and, uh, yeah, see what we can find. This is a car I don't know a huge amount about. So if you wouldn't mind awfully just telling us who you are, a little bit about the car, where it's from, when it's from. Goodness, I could be here all afternoon then. <laughs> That'll do. That'll be enough to uh, enough to fill up our podcast. So you uh, you talk away. Don't worry. I'm Richard Vick. I'm actually president of the Panard Club in this country, and uh, this is a, a 1955 Panard Z1. It's an all aluminium body. Nice. Uh, they only made them in aluminium for about 18 months because the costs were so prohibitive. Mm. They were hoping to reclaim some money on aluminium offcuts, but it didn't work. So soon after that they went to steel bodies and steel boot bonnet etc. I'm guessing not so many of them have survived. Of the steel ones? Yes. Not 
quite so many, no. These are obviously a lot more long-lasting. Mm. It's, it's the best one to get. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know anything about Panard and Lavassa? I, I really don't. So te- you know, tell us all about it, because I can imagine a lot of people listening to us also don't know a huge amount about no. it. No, Panard and Lavassa are there from the dawn of motoring. They were the first major car manufacturer in France, and they were making cars in 1891 for the general public. So did they did they start making cars, or were they like other manufacturers at the time who'd started in bicycles or sewing machines or things like that? Were they a, a car company from the off? No, they were making woodworking machinery, basically. <laughs> That's where they started. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they subsequently went on to make um, aeroplane engines, marine engines. Oh, you know, they varied all sorts of things. Uh, so up until the Second World War, they were making huge luxury cars and uh, obviously pricey and so on uh, the war came along and knocked the bottom out of that it ruined a lot of manufacturing didn't it let's be honest yeah so after the war they developed a diner a diner x actually it was the one before this which looked more like a morris minor quite a small car mm. and then this came along in 54 actually the first one and it's it's quite revolutionary in that it's an 850cc engine. Right. Uh, it's a flat twin air-cooled, horizontally opposed. Oh, right, OK. Right? It has hydraulic tappets. Yeah. Torsion bars to close the valves. Wow. And roller bearings, mains and big ends. So it's really? a very efficient engine. Yeah, I imagine quite, quite well engineered, considering even very now well. how, a, how an engine's built, you don't get that... That's a roller bearing, as you say. No. So it's, yeah, no. just, just. And that solid. 850cc will develop 50 brake horsepower. Okay. Which, when you work out the number of cc's and the power, that's pretty high output. Yeah, it that's, is. That's fairly ahead of its time then to have oh, all yes. that tech under the bonnet and on an aluminium chassis as well. That's that's quite futuristic for the uh, for the time, isn't it? It is definitely, yeah. And how much do these weigh? Do you know roughly? Uh, oh God, that's a bad question. I know these weigh. Something like 100 kilos less than the steel ones. Right. Uh, I mean, these, these started off, I think, with a 42 horsepower engine. But when yeah. they went to steel, they had to boost it. Yeah, for the extra weight, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, it's a cool-looking car. It's it a very practical said. car for these yeah. times. I mean, we've got absolutely massive boot. boots. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is absolutely huge. You could, you could pretty much curl up inside there, oh, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. for, for those listening at home, I think, uh, I think you could probably fit two bodies in there, you to be could. fair. Yeah. I think you'd, uh, you'd be OK with that. You could indeed, yeah. And, and four not, bags not talking from experience, there, just, uh, <laughs> just as a disclaimer. And four bags of sand, it turns out, because uh, oh, yes. we were following you in and you were, you were just, just trying to get over the speed bumps. So you've got 100 kilos of sand in the back and, and a bit of a struggle, I understand. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Basically, you can seat six people in it. Wow. A lot of them have a bench seat in the front. Sure. But these single seats are very wide. And because it's front wheel drive, column gear change, all the controls are on the column. Yeah. So it's completely flat floor. Yeah, sure. So that is a, an advantage. I think the, uh, the flat floor is uh, something that mainstream manufacturers are now talking about is uh, an advantage with their electric cars, having yeah. the battery down low. But this, again, ahead of its time, was doing it 70 years ago, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I think aluminium body, did you say? You know, plenty of power. You say it's, it's a boxer-type engine with a yeah. Yeah, absolute opposed. So, uh, Yeah, definitely. Let's have a, a little bit of a look under the bonnet. 
Suicide doors suicide at the doors. front. Yeah. Look at that, fantastic. And, and yeah, as you say, very practical, flat floor all the way through. A really, really funky steering column as well, it has to be said. Uh, very, very French in, in, in the design, I think, in, in that way. We have all the, all the buttons and levers and everything on the top. Yeah. Very cool. Everything on the binnacle. And I like the, uh, the aircraft uh, oh, yeah. outlines on the sill plates there, just a nod to the, uh, their manufacturing past. Yeah, I don't quite know the origin of that. It's, uh, it's only on the early ones. On the, the later ones, they went to, um, I can't remember, a, a different shape design, but it wasn't aircraft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Useful clamshell bonnet so the, the access is wonderful wonderful easy access to all the working parts you can definitely get to everything I mean, the, the arches take up a fair bit of the space from the side don't they and I can I can imagine now if I was working on this car without question I'd be smacking my head on the uh, on the bonnet catch oh yeah yeah so just a little spike that hangs <laughs> just above your head anyone that's worked on a, on a, on a classic mini will understand what I mean by this <laughs> yeah very very careful very careful so we have a, a turbine to, to blast air past the cylinders and uh, the whole power unit is actually hung on the exhaust. Wow. So you've got these brackets with the rubber mountings on the exhaust pipes. Yeah, sure. And another one on the gearbox at the back, which again is bolted through the exhaust pipes. Is it easy to pull the engine out if you need? Is it? Uh... Yeah, it's just easy. Yeah. Yeah, you can just about, just about lift it. You know, they're a fairly solid unit, but uh, it's manageable. But quite compact, and some. I think probably the biggest thing in there are heating tubes. Yes, <laughs> go go through the bulkhead. They are absolutely massive. <laughs> um, and and do you get a good amount of heat if you take this thing out when it's cold? Is it? It's not bad. Yeah, I've yeah. actually boosted this one with a blower on yeah. one of the pipes. Yeah, just to help with the demisting, actually. But because of course. Back in, in the 50s, heaters, generally speaking, were still an option on most cars. You went out and bought yourself yeah. a, a, an Anglia or an original Escort in for the, you know, the, the sort of yeah. squire shape. Then, yeah, you'd be paying money there to be uh, to, to have a heater fitted. Yeah. These, you could actually get a petrol-heated heater for these. Right. It sounds a bit lethal, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gather they did work quite well. I would imagine so, yeah. The, the glass jars are pretty charming as well, aren't they? So you, you can see... But brake fluid brake on one fluid, side, washer fluid, and washer fluid yeah. on the other. But they are—they yeah. are basically a glass jar with a screw top, and that's yeah. That looks pretty. It's almost when I mean, you see the sort of uh, the modding hot rod style where people will use uh, the likes of like, JD bottles or something. <laughs> you know, on the side, it's it, it. There's something about it that looks almost like it's been retrofitted, but obviously original equipment. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So any uh, any plans to change the drivetrain at all? Plenty of. Uh, uh, companies these days are setting up uh, and offering EV conversions. Any thoughts of that, or are you quite happy to uh, to keep it as it is for now? Um, it's something I'd like to look into, certainly, because I mean, you know, the way things are going, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to run these. Um, mind you, I'm getting on a bit now, so it might be after my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not. <laughs> Uh, we'd so certainly like to think we'll, we'll have some sort of fuel for a while, yeah, whether it's E5 yeah. or E10 or, or whatever. And we know ethanol's yeah. causing a problem for a lot of a lot of people. I took a, uh, a super depart the other day, and um, underneath the back, a friend of mine said, "I can smell fuel, and that the fuel pipes are just rotted through where we've been oh, sat." Um, yeah, and it, it certainly seems to be a problem. But I think the, the character for something like this, the noise, obviously, the air-cooled engine is quite yeah. distinctive, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's it's the whole heart of the car, the engine, really. Yeah. Yeah, um, a, a very cool thing. Thank you very much for showing it to us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.
I'm uh, Tony Hayes, I'm the uh, MD of JLC Group Limited. JLC Group primarily worked in the aviation industry uh, with various service contracts and as you know, that's not been too great lately. No. Um, but during that time, we, we obviously we went for our electric vans because there's a need for electric vehicles uh, on the airports. And over the last 12 months, we decided that We've got a mini sitting in my garage that was my son's been sitting there for three years or so saying I'm Does he do know this. about this? Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> he does now because, yeah, he, yeah. because we are where we are. And yeah, needless to say, I wasn't very popular. Um, but we, we gave the engineers a bit of a play and that's where we are. Completely got a lot more work to do on it, obviously. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice little project. And you know what, it, it, it's a learning curve as well. You know, every day's a learning day on stuff like that. But I'll show you something we worked on. So we have, as part of our stuff, we have things like the 3D printers and bits and pieces like that. So we were thinking about what can we have differently from rather a twist knob for our drive and reverse and stuff. Sure. So we thought we'll we'll custom make our, recognize a, a skid hand brake. So we just, yeah. yeah, so we converted it to be our gear selector. That's awesome. 3D printed, all these parts are 3D printed off our own stuff. We built our own PCB. Yeah. And yeah, so forward, neutral. Yeah. Reverse, so, so you won't be able to go very cool. forward straight to reverse. Obviously, we won't let you do that because it wouldn't work. But yeah, so things like that, we're bringing a bit of the the newer stuff. Yep. All in house built. Everything we do is in house. That's very know, cool. Um, into the older stuff. So that's our plan to make this go. First one, as you can see on a video, us driving it around was this little one. We're using a van motor. Now we think, well, maybe we should go a bit, bit more crazy on it and. Give a bigger battery, change the motor, and, and yeah. Go a bit mad with it. So, so what, uh, what sort of motor, uh, battery power, and range has this got at the moment then? Uh, we're running on, this motor here is 15 kilowatts. Uh, the battery in there at the moment where I was testing is only a 10 kilowatt because we haven't been doing anything around the workshop. So that will be probably around about a 30 kilowatt. So we're aiming somewhere around about a 40 kilowatt and change the motor maybe to uh, an axial one so that gives us more power yep. uh, and a much lighter motor and then we'll, we'll, we'll go with that one. It's all about the balance with EVs, isn't it? Getting the weight of the battery, the range of the battery, the heavier the battery, the bigger battery you need for more range, etc. So maybe keeping it as light as possible is, uh, is sometimes the best bet. If you want to go a decent range or any type of range, if you want to take it out for a, a quick spin round the block and go from 0 to 60 to your kitchen's done, <laughs> who cares about the range? You know, it, EVs is, a, is about education. So I had a chap come and look at that van today, slightly off the mini, but he looked at the van and he says, uh, well, how much is this? I said, that van's 22k. Was it really? Well, that's not bad. And then he goes, he actually turns out and he does about six miles a day in his van journeys. Yeah. So why does he need a van that does 400 miles? He doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's going to be the same with a Mini. This will be a vehicle that you take out when it's nice and sunny at the weekend, have a blast around it, drive down to the seaside, you know, as quick as you can, and then come back. Uh, this is lovely to see, because my fear with uh, everything going electric is that the weekend cars, the special cars, the classic cars, as fossil fuels die out as uh, as a means of propulsion as petrol stations close you know it's it's a bit of a worry that what you have tucked away in your garage might not work anymore exactly. but to have something like this is, yeah. is quite reassuring i think exactly. for the future that, that's exactly what you want with this type of vehicle exactly you know you can do all your boring stuff during the week and then when you want to go out in something 
that looks good, you know, it's a classic, and have a good little drive around. That's exactly what you want. I'm going to talk a little bit about the car, just because uh, you guys obviously can't see it whilst you're listening to us, but this is a, a flame red Mini Cooper. It's got the Sport Pack arches. It's got a set of, of nice wide splitties on there, and it's, it's pretty mint-looking. Did it take a lot of work to get to this stage? Well, or? I'll tell you the story. Yeah. So JLC stands for Jamie Luton Christopher, my three sons. This was his first car, Jamie. He then passed it down to Luke, which was his car. Luke said, ah, I'm going to change the engine on it. That's when it, the engine came out of it. It sat in my garage, and now I've inherited it. So when Luke had it, had it completely redone and everything. And so that's where we are. Underneath is, is really good, really good. The subframes are good. So yeah, so that's where we are now. So once we get electrified, we'll give it a real good clean and polish up and use it. I mean, I'd say it looks in pretty great shape. I, I did, being a geek, sort of stick my head in underneath and <laughs> look around because they, they do tend to go pretty much everywhere these. And yeah, we did a little bit, little bit of work on the subframe, you know, but that's done. Um, that one was all stripped down, cleaned up, we sent it away, powder coated, away we go. The beauty, I guess, of something like this is that pretty much every single component for the for the, the original Mini itself, you can, you can still buy off the shelf and they, they're still yeah. largely pocket money parts aren't yeah, they it's fantastic what you get from them still is amazing you yeah know, mini worlds and sport, mini sport all them they sell everything about them you know i've even got an manual for this one look an old-fashioned one look a paper I think there's a there's a few a few chapters of that will need updating for the electric yeah. one of course but some bits will it's still great stand to have a bit of paper isn't it yeah. well i think in terms of in terms of eving a mini you're quite right in saying that if you want to use this as, as a toy to be able to go out at the weekends, it's the perfect kind of thing. If you've, you've driven a Mini before, you've been a passenger in a Mini, you'll know they're not the most comfortable thing in the world. They are they about do the, corner well, though, don't they? They corner fantastically, <laughs> and it's about that driving experience. Yeah. Now, I can see you've set yours up. The motor's nice and low down at the front. Yep. It takes up a surprisingly small amount of space, actually. I appreciate we've got brakes and bits to go in. Yeah, well, this is a big motor. This is, by comparison to what we're, we're aiming on, this is a big motor. So when we change that, we'll probably be down to half the size. Yeah. The motor size. Fine. And there's, there's not a lot else that goes in there. Different controller. Uh, we're going to try and keep as much as the original dash as we can. Yeah. Uh, and just, yeah, go out and have some fun. That's yeah. what it's about. Go out and have fun. And then I can say to my son, you're lost. Yeah. But he, he did say you wanted to change the engine, so that's exactly. what you've done. So technically, he, he asked you to do it, Absolutely. so it's, it's all fine. Well, you think that with something like a Mini Cooper, if you're, you're tuning them up, you're getting 130 horsepower out of them or something, you're, you're doing well. With a, a motor, of course, you've got the potential for a lot more power. Yeah, that's a difficult one. It's about a comparison, you know, what's it work out, the kilowatt and all the rest of it, which is really, really difficult. We won't really know what we're going to get out of it until we really put it on the road properly. Um, but it'll be a lot quicker than, than the original, most definitely. Yeah. If it isn't, we'll have to change it again and put a bigger motor. In. <laughs> you know, that's things that they have to be fun as well. They have to give you that. Woo, yeah, they have yeah. to give you that giggle as yeah, you've set you, off. You've got to go around the corner. Everything yeah. squealing. That's the way you've got to do it. Well, the instant power. You know, if you chuck your foot down when you're you're pushing out for a corner with an electric motor oh, oh, God, you're, you're going yeah, to go you'll, you'll yeah, be yeah. able to put a, a couple of uh, lines on the road that's for sure and it, it looks like at the moment that the batteries are predominantly all in the boot are they yeah that's where we are with this pack the boots we're taking out the fuel tank and everything else and we put it nice and low as part yeah. of the subframe keeps in there looks good yeah so is the uh, is the medium term aim to be selling these long term aim to be selling these or is this just a, a project at the moment and see how it goes it's a project come passion. I think that's the way to do it. But yeah, long term we will we will eventually do them uh, yeah. as, a, as a complete kit. We want to get the package right and then it's understanding what people want. We don't want to get a boring electric car. 
yeah, you know, that's not quite that's, right. That, that's not a weekend runner. This has got to be something that's exciting. I think if you if you can build this with a subframe, drop the the motor with the subframe, and and have such a neat uh, neat job of being able to stick the batteries in the boot, or or maybe even if it's if it's low down in the floor in the back or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, I think you've got the potential for a real winner here, and certainly there's there's a market for it. It's a great little car, isn't it? Yeah. You know, just, oh, we're yeah. just giving it a new lease of life, you know, and that's what you want to do. And of course, if you can get to the stage where you can sell the kits to people who already own minis, so they can take the engine and gearbox, all the uh, the internal combustion bits out themselves, put those to one side for later, and they've got them to go back in if they ever need. But swap the car to electric. Yeah, perfect car for it, isn't it? Perfect yeah. car for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what we'll do. You give them the kit, controller. You know, you'll be able to program the controller to a degree to yourself. You know, so you can get it if you want to pootle around. Do you ever want to pootle around? No, I don't know. Maybe some people do. They could make it. <laughs> no. no, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. Is the answer to that? But yes. Yeah. Get out of the kit, and that's what you'll buy. Buy the whole kit. Away you go. Set of instructions. Go and have a play. Yeah. You know, no. and that's what people did with the old cars like this, though, didn't they? Had a play. Well, we'd yeah. love to have a drive when it gets to a point where, where we can take these things out. I mean, but I think that... Like a, yeah, no, absolutely. That, Once we've finished, um, give us a chat and go for a spin. But that, that almost gives the, the classic Mini a new lease of life with the next generation. You know, plenty of people whose first car was a Mini, they got given a Mini that didn't work and a bag of spanners and they were told to get on with it. And that's how they fell in love with cars. So if you get given an old Mini, a bag of spanners and an electric kit and told to get on with it, off you go. Yeah, that's exactly what you want, isn't it? You know, it's an ideal first car for doing something like that with. It really is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And they're not aerodynamically brilliant, are they? But they are bloody fun and quick. Yeah, for sure. And God, didn't they hand around the corner. Nat, actually, uh, my wife, used to race Minis uh, in the, uh, against the old uh, big American cars. Yeah, so a little bit more history in that as well. This yeah. this would be hilarious fun on a track. You yeah. imagine pushing this because where the mini sort of tops out. I appreciate there's always going to be a limit to how far you generally go in terms of top speed with an EV. But just with a mini, when you're on track, you generally have to remain flat as for as long as possible. It's just God, keep yeah, it going. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's coming out the corners. If you can get yeah. it coming out the corners where you can yeah. take them in the corners and off you go. Yeah. By the time you get to the end of the straight. They're behind you. They're not going to get you. That's it. And yeah. the thing is, with, with an EV conversion, you, you don't have to worry necessarily about taking everything completely flat because you know coming out the other side, foot down, and, yeah. and yeah. you're away uh, again. You're back to the You've gained that distance straight away. It's a fun car. It'll it's be awesome. really fun when you've finished it properly. And so if our, if our listeners want to find out a little bit more about the JLC group, where can we find you on the web and in person? Uh, you can get us at uh, www.jlc-group.co.uk. And whereabouts in the country are you based? Uh, we're based about eight miles north of Eastbourne, just outside Hailsham in East Sussex. Oh, fairly local to us. Yeah, then. our neck of the woods. Yeah, we're, we're sort of down um, sort of Worthing Way. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah not, so far not far at all. Yeah, yeah no, not no, far. No, far at all. So, yeah. so when we're finished, come and have a play. Definitely yeah, definitely will we'll do. Thank, Thank you, indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. So if you're familiar with, with rallying or drifting, you will know what a hydraulic handbrake looks like. Um, this is what the guys have, have modified here, 3D printed connections on the end. So almost like a sequential gear change for going from uh, drive into reverse, neutral in the middle and back it. It's hugely satisfying. I just want to be clicking that all day, I think, wouldn't you? It is. I think it, it feels almost identical to, uh, to the uh, sequential shifter that was in the Focus WRC that we sat in at Goodwood, wasn't oh, yes, it? Yeah, yeah, it's just sure. got that, that lovely... Yeah, you can hear you can this hear now. That. 
satisfying click. It's a satisfying Very click, satisfying. I want, I want one of these. I don't know what I want to use it for, but I want one of these in my house somewhere. I'm thinking as a light switch. Yes, or a bathroom light switch. Or something yeah, like that. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I can just yeah pop that on the wall and that's a light switch in the bedroom. That's a, that's a work of art. A very cool way of doing it. What an exciting project. Oh, hi there. Uh, yeah, my name's Ian from uh, Electrogenic. Um, we're a company based in Oxfordshire and we convert classic cars to run electric motors, or as we like to call them, retro electric vehicles. One of the first cars that's caught our eye, well, being parked right on the corner here, is a, uh, is a beautiful orange uh, Volkswagen Carmen Gear. Uh, just having a look around it on the inside, you see there's three pedals, there's a gear lever, but when you look under the, uh, the bonnet and the boot, it's uh, all is not quite as it seems. This actually belongs to my business partner, Steve. It's his own car, and we converted this to electric. It's a 1970 Carmen Gear, as you pointed out, and uh, originally, I think I described these as one of the ten slowest sports cars ever made. But it's not that anymore. Uh, it's, it's changed quite a bit. I think the original 0-60 time of these was something like 27 seconds. Yeah. And yeah, I know. Might as well be a calendar, mine it really. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, but now it's, uh, as you can see, it's around about eight seconds now. So, um, and it, it it drives just unbelievably. It's so different to the original car. I drove this quite a lot when we first got it as a petrol car. And it's awful. It's noisy and it's smelly and it rattles and it bangs. Still rattles and bangs. Yes, it's an old car, <laughs> but it doesn't have that exhaust noise. It, it, so, a lot of people say to me, "Do I not miss this, the sound of, of the of the engine?" And I said, well, no, my answer is no, I just turn the radio down a little bit because I can still hear it. <laughs> it, it it's so lovely to drive. And we, we retain the gearbox. And, and that's unusual, isn't it? So It's not for us. I mean, we do that quite often in our cars. Yeah. Not all of them, but you know, we, there's a choice. You can have it with or without the gearbox. Yeah. Uh, but what, what is it like to drive an electric manual gearbox car? Because it's... What I, the one thing I do like about electric cars is the very flat torque curve. It's all there from, from zero, from standstill. Uh, rather than the, the linear progression or turbo kicking and whatever of an internal combustion. So yeah. how, how does the electric motor in the gearbox mate up? Okay, so the difference is there, there's various types of um, electric motors you can get. This isn't a Tesla motor. This is a, a smaller motor. It runs over 110 or 140 volts instead of the 350, 400 at a Tesla. So it's a mu much more powerful. This a smaller motor produces about 235 newton metres of torque which is equivalent of roughly 125 brake horsepower, something like that. If you're driving a Tesla, for instance, it's a bit like you're driving in fourth gear all the time. Uh, but when you put your foot down, because you've got a massive amount of power, six, seven, eight hundred brake horsepower equivalent, roughly, yeah. it's, it's, it's all there, so it gets it, even though you're in fourth gear, it still throws you away like a rocket. Yeah. But this, we don't have that amount of power, so you don't. So it's, it, with the gears, you drive it just like you drive an ordinary car. You don't, I mean, look, you don't need to use the gears. You can quite happily put it in third gear, yeah. drive it around all day long. It'll take you from 0 to 60 in 10, 12 seconds, something like that. Um, and it will still do 70 miles an hour. But with the gears, you've got that option of sticking to first, yeah. pulling up a set of traffic lights next to a bloke in his BMW, yeah. Talk, talk, talking from experience here, this yeah. sounds. I've never done that. <laughs> oh, it's not the sort of thing I would do. I'm not that type of boy. <laughs> but, but yeah, of course, all the time. It's great fun, and you just go, and, it, and that immediate pull off. So you're still in first gear. So you're going to pull away like you're in first gear, but with a, with a huge motor. But there, yeah. there isn't one. There's electric power instead. And having that, that sort of smaller motor, I suppose, and having the, the gearbox suits the character of the car, I guess, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't drop you know, four or 500 brake horsepower into this type of car. It would just be a completely different animal. 
perhaps not necessarily that pleasant to drive, fast, but not that pleasant, where I guess if you've got a slightly more realistic power and the ability to shift gears, you can take it out, enjoy it as you would down a B road and just give it exactly. a bit of a blat. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So th- there are there are companies that have put big motors in there. They put Tes- Tesla motors in the Beetle. And it's great, you know, it's, if, if that's what somebody wants, it's great. But they're not great to drive because, like you said, they're so fast. Yeah. So fast, they're, they're a bit scary on the road, you know. I, I'm not really one to talk. I had a, a Ford Anglia 105e oh, yes. and put a 350 cubic inch V8 Chevy engine Ooh, in it. That must have required some work to get that in there. Oh, it was ridiculous, but yeah. it's great fun. Yeah, but only for a, for a short while, and then you just get you know you just wear your tires out every sort of few weeks, and it's just, it's, the other this is like driving the, still like driving a Carmen Gear, but yeah. just a bit faster. And, and I guess the difference is as well if you if you do chuck a V8 or something in there, generally speaking, they are, are that that bit heavier, so you you change the driving dynamics. Whereas if you have something like this, then you can still retain. Uh, yeah, or perhaps you can improve the balance of it and the weight over the front wheels. Absolutely. This has yeah. got around about 50-50 weight distribution. Yeah, front to perfect. Um, and it's slightly heavier than the original car, but not by much. Probably yeah. like 30 kilos. Yeah. It's like my leg. You know, it's, it's not a huge <laughs> <laughs> I've got fat legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if, uh, if I wanted uh, one of these, do I need to find uh, the VW? <laughs> do I need to find you the base car and drop it off to you and you do the rest? Or can you do everything for me? Yeah, I mean look, that that's an that's an ideal situation. If if you've got one already, yes, of course we'd, we'd quite happily convert it. But if you really wanted one and you didn't have one, we can we can source them as well. We, we we've got uh, connections within the motor industry. Um, we've got a company that specialises in in VWs. Got some that specialise in Porsches. You know, and so another company specialising in Jaguars. So we, we yeah, of course we can. Land Rover is another one. You know, we can, we can source them, but in general, most people want their car that they've already got converted. But honestly, we are happy to do anything like that. Because my my one fear as we go to uh, EV cars and move away from internal combustion is keeping older cars running or the car that was granddad's, then dad's, then mine, and I want to give it to my <laughs> son one day to not be able to do that if it's internal combustion engine. Well, actually, with this, it allows you to pass it on and give it to the next generation, doesn't it? It's exactly why we do it. I love cars. They've been my life ever since I can remember. Since my mum actually worked at, at Matchbox, Leslie, the, the toy car, car oh, company. Oh, well, cool job. So she yes. worked there in Hackney. I'm from East London. Yeah. And she used to bring little toy cars home for me every Amazing. few weeks. Broken ones, normally the ones that got damaged. You know, they couldn't yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Up. So I thousands of them. And I've always been brought up with cars, you know, in fact, I've got a picture of our road where, we, where I was born uh, um, with only one car in it. It was my dad's car. Nobody else had a car at that time. Uh, so, it, you know, I've been around cars all my life and I love them. And I would hate, hate to lose them. Yes. You know, I, I don't want to watch it, look at them in a the museum. Yeah. No, I don't mind. You know, I enjoy it, but I want to drive them. I, yeah. drive, I don't want to just have to go to a track and drive it. I want to drive it on the road to work. I, I drive one every day to work. You know, an electric car. It's what I do. <laughs> But also it has to be said, although car design is, is becoming more advanced, and I put that in, uh, in quotation marks, and safety systems and technologies improving, etc., nobody makes cars quite as beautiful as they used to in the old days, did they? they they've lost a little something over the years. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, they're all designed now in, 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 in a you know, wind, tunnel. Wind, wind tunnel now. So, that, you know, they, they have to go to certain regulations. You can't, you can't have um, rain gutters on it. You can't have sticking out wipers and stick. You know, it's, it's, it's like a... Pop-up headlights. Yes, You're not allowed pop-up these, headlights don't we? we mourn the death of the I know, like imagine that. Yeah. You, you can't even have a, a badge, on, you know, a bonnet badge anymore. You know, yeah. even Rolls Royce, it has to 
drop dip into down. the you know drop, yeah. dip into the radio to, uh, when you drop. You know, I, I love these old coats, and they've got such style and class, and, yeah. and that just it just brings back all the emotions of you know of driving over the. Um, I'm getting on a bit now, you know, and I've driven <laughs> for years, and I've driven all sorts of cars, and it's I've broken down more times than I can ever. Yeah. I, I, it's awful the amount of times that shows that I've been to VW shows so I used to re- restore VWs yeah. and I reckon 20% of the VW shows that I went to I broke down before I either got there or, or certainly on the way back yeah. <laughs> so yeah but now you don't have that fear anymore yeah, yeah but one of the things people say uh, do you get range anxiety my answer is well no because I know I'm always going to at least get off the driveway yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the range is bigger than a classic car right. yeah. from that point. Yeah. Too. And uh, this this is a, a beautiful example of the car, as we say, but the conversion itself is is pretty incredible. So, so under under the fruit, we've got the, um, I guess the battery pack is it underneath there. There's batteries yeah. in there. Yeah. There's yeah. So th- th- this is tucked away un- underneath a, a, a cover, which you wouldn't know what's underneath. It's so unbelievably neat. That is where the original fuel tank would have been. Yep. And then if I, I keep mentioning it, so. There's another few batteries behind the rear seat that would have Completely been like hidden. A, yeah, pretty much hidden. They use that sort of as a bit of a luggage compartment, quite yep. small, but we've, we've got batteries and technology in there. Makes sense. And then, um, so what we've done with this particular model, where, where the engine would have been is now a motor. Yep. But because the motor is so much smaller, we've yep. now converted that engine space into a, a boot. Yeah. So you haven't even lost any boot space. No, absolutely. In fact, you've probably gained a bit. Yeah, I can see that you've, uh, you've also got a diverter underneath the vent along the back so that there's, uh, there's space for the water to go through and not land up oh, all yeah, over exactly, your luggage. Exactly, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a good-sized boot here at the back. We've got a sort of a, a hump in the middle where the motor obviously sits, but there's so much more space. You can chuck a couple of weekend bags in there yeah, and disappear yeah. off. I mean, it's, you, it's been so nicely done mm. that uh, you know, if, you'd, if you said to me that this was a heritage shell, we built this from the ground up to to fit this motor, this battery package, and everything else, I would genuinely believe you because you wouldn't know that this has been converted if you hadn't said. I, I would honestly buy that this is you know, a, mm. a ground-up car. It, it is that good. Not a 51-year-old vehicle. Exactly that. Yeah. But it looks uh, it looks so sympathetic, the conversion. As I say, when you stick your head through the window and there's three pedals and a proper gear lever, how, how much sort of work underneath in terms of modifying of the chassis, suspension or brakes has had to be done? None whatsoever. It's all totally original. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. It's got the original brakes. Yeah. Okay, it's been lowered. Yeah. Uh, you know, the car has been oh, lowered. Oh, they, they look better lowered. They look they better lowered. Yeah. But the Beetle there ne- next to you, yep. that has not been lowered. That is totally original. Everything on that is original. We drilled two holes for two wires to come through. The rest of it is totally original. The, the dashboard is original. We repurposed the both of them. We repurposed the fuel gauge. So the fuel gauge, instead of telling you how much petrol you got in it, oh, it gives you cool. an idea of, of the range. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. So if, in theory, if you wanted to put it back to internal combustion again, then you could. Oh yeah, of course. We we, we kept all the original uh, engines um, and, and exhaust pipes. Uh, and if you wanted to put back, we could take all this out in a day. Wow. And, and I'm not interested in putting the, the, the engine back in, but if somebody wanted yeah. to do it, they could yeah. happily do it. Do you know, but, you know. I, I very nearly said, so you know, if I pulled up next to you at the petrol station, I'm headed, I wouldn't know. But why would I pull up next to the petrol station? <laughs> it's such an odd thing. Be going very you, wrong. Look, if you'd looking done through that. the window or looking at the car, if you pass on the road, you wouldn't know. No. You just wouldn't know it'd been done. And say, so looking through, looking through the window, it's only when you open up the engine bay and there's carpet. I think there's a, there's a bit of a giveaway. I open the bonnet and I say it's it's um, or the fruit or whatever you want to call it, the front. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd notice there was something different. There's no fuel tank, obviously. There's a, there's a battery cell there instead. Mm. But, yeah, a, a fantastic conversion. 
you're right about saying people don't notice or you don't notice but even when I'm driving them if I'm in town I live in a small a small town in, in Oxfordshire if I stop and people go oh well, that's so cool it looks really lovely and they say yeah and it's electric and they all go what? really? <laughs> yeah, yeah what? <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they still don't know even though it's silent yeah. they still don't realise it's electric even that bus there which has got electric written all over it yeah they still say is it really? I love yeah. the fact that this is, this is a VW bus an early one it's a, it's a pick up with a bike in the back uh, it says 100% electric on the side of it, but what I particularly like is the fact that, and it's just been tongue-in-cheek, it has a Marmite logo on the door, so you either love it or you hate it. Exactly. And, and I, I look at that, I think that is so cool. I mean, it, it is typical, I guess, of what you would see in, in the dub scene. You know, it's, it's been done in sort of a, in a ratty, rusty look that's been lacquered, which, which looks awesome, I have to say, with, with a yellow-tinted glass. It's, it's, it's a, a very cool-looking thing, um, but yeah, you, you, you wouldn't know to look at it. And I guess with that, there's space under the bed for batteries and you could make it you know, huge range or huge power if you wanted to. Very cool. There's 10 Tesla batteries in there at the moment. What? 10, ten Tesla batteries in there. Okay, right, you've got to tell us a bit of a story. What sort of power, what sort of range is this thing? Okay, well, it's, uh, it's, the same, it's the same motor as in the Carmen Gear, actually. So, uh, and that will, even though it's a brick, it will still accelerate to 60 in about between 10 to 12 seconds. <laughs> um... It retains it. It's got a beetle gearbox because uh, it's been low, once again it's been lowered to, you know, to give that look about it. Yeah. And we've got a re- done away with the reduction boxes that would have been on a rear wheel, so it's a direct. Yeah, it goes from the gearbox straight to the wheels, just like a beetle. Um, so it's been lowered. It's got independent suspension on the front, uh, so it handles really well. It drives absolutely. It's amazing to drive, and uh, and it. I say it gets six in about between 10, 12 seconds. It will do 85 miles an hour. Um, the range comes down quite considerably when you do it eighty miles an hour. Um, but you know, if you drive it sensibly, like it was meant to be driven, you'll get one hundred and fifty easy out of that. That's, uh, that's fantastic. So there is room where the batteries are to put thirty-three, which we think we could make Lands End to John O'Groats with one charge. That's incredible, well, half, isn't it? Yeah, halfway charge. So start off fully charged, halfway charge, and then get down. It's, it's the kind of the kind of car all vans is that, that that converts people, isn't it? Really, if you Definitely. pardon the pun. Um, yeah, really, that, that is a, a very cool thing. Mm. So if, uh, if our listeners wanted to find out more about these these wonderful cars, where can we find you uh, on the internet and whereabouts in the country, are you? Cool, so we're, we're called Electrogenic, and we're based in Kidlington, just outside Oxford. And um, we've got a, um, we've got, obviously got a website. You can look us up on YouTube and see uh, <laughs> my ugly mug driving a few cars around and myself and my business partner talking about them because um, we've got a unit in Vista Heritage as well oh, so yeah. we, we've got they've got a track there and we drive them around the track and film them so you can look up on there on Instagram it's called Electrogenic REV Retro Electric Vehicle that stands for by the way uh, that's what we call them we call these retro electric vehicles there's yes. one video on there of a beautiful Citroen DS 1970 Citroen DS which is one of the best conversion we've done it's fantastic and it's it's got quite a lot of views already but look at it it's just it's amazing we certainly will and um instagram yeah twitter facebook yes all that all yeah, the exactly. socials so all those things <laughs> oh, I've got pop it into google and have a look and go from there yeah have you noticed that this has got inboard brakes well, should we should we introduce what it is first no we shan't no. okay but we have found a 2CEV. A 2CEV? 2CEV. 2CEV. Two, I don't know, it sounds like oh, it yeah, should have something. Oh, yeah, they're missing some... a trick. Yeah, 2CEV. It's like the Mini E should be the Mini E. 
Anyway, rather, rather with that slightly e. rambling introduction, what we are looking at is an electrified Citroen 2CV. So as a, I think as basic as a car gets in its uh, in its raw form, in its yes. original form, it had to was it transport a chicken and its eggs across a ploughed field at 12 miles an hour or something without breaking everything to bits. And that, that was all it had to do. If it did and that, then it was fine. Be repaired so, with bits from your local news agents, I think. Yeah, I th- I, mm, like a Fiat I th- 500. I think if the motor breaks on this, you're probably not fixing it with uh, with a spanner or twigs or things like that. Not on this one, no. But no, it's very neatly done, though, isn't it? I mean, the the motor seems to sit in a in a little cradle, which I would imagine marries up fairly originally to the original engine and gearbox mounts. Yeah, I mean, they've obviously fabricated a little mount to put it on on the um, on the subframe. But it's, it's a pretty cool thing. This seems to have um, an inboard brake system that's on the drive shaft, which is a bit unusual. Uh, but it, it fits surprisingly well, this thing, together. Looking at the, the, at the stats, not a massive range. It hasn't got a lot of batteries in it. Obviously, you don't want to, to upset the weight of this thing. And, and supposedly, this weighs only 30 kilograms heavier than the original car. So this will do 55 miles. It's got 120 newton metres of peak torque. And it's obviously a bit quicker than a standard one. By a bit, I mean, well, anything is a bit quicker than a standard one, isn't it? I think, yeah, it'll, uh, it'll probably chug along quite nicely, this, I would say, in a, in a fairly less agricultural manner than the, uh, than the original. Uh, I mean, there doesn't, uh, there doesn't seem to be the, uh, the owner or the inventor or the mechanic around to, uh, to have a chat to. So we'll, uh, we'll just sort of talk, uh, talk our way around it as much as possible. And, um, I mean, the, if you looked at the interior, it, it looks like a, a nice restored example the, 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 seat, the seats restored. actually look look quite comfortable and there's there's some nice diamond stitching on them and uh, yeah and it's got seat belts that look relatively modern so you'd maybe less likely to die if you have a shunt in it and the uh, and the batteries in the boots uh, I, mean, I think if you're into two cvs i mean they, they aren't my thing i appreciate them i have to say i think they're a fantastic piece of engineering i get why people love them i really do um but this is this is a fantastic one i mean everything on it looks brand new um, I guess it probably it probably is. Uh, it, it's been so well done. It's got a, a yellow canvas roof on the top. It's just it's just a really nice car. And if you if you like classic cars, and you, you tend to appreciate other cars that've been done well, whether you, whether you're into them or not. And this has been done really well, I would say. I think so. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's maybe a few bits left to finish on it. I'm not sure there's uh, much in the way of in cabin heating. Looking at the uh, the two ducts or vents that go in, um, but I uh, I could be wrong. No, it doesn't doesn't look like there's any uh, any form of heating on it, but the rest of it looks uh, looks fairly well finished and fairly well tidy. And as you say, I mean it's it's immaculate, isn't it? it the is. paintwork is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the paintwork is is perfect. Um, the mechanicals, again, everything is nice. It's all galvanised. It's it's just an absolute credit to the owner. But what yeah, a, what so a I mean, cool thing! I think we, uh, as we say, we haven't uh, haven't found anyone to uh, chat to about the car specifically. But there is a, uh, a website to look at, which is all the W's two, the number two C E V dot co dot uk. And that's just one of, of many of the, the classic cars are here. He's standing, looking over the cars, I can see MGB GTs, I can see some Vauxhalls if you're inclined that way, and Metros if you're inclined that way. There's also a lot of Minis, which means that I'm a happy man, and some Citroëns here as well. One thing that did catch our eye, um, just because it's perhaps a bit of a rare beast now, is an immaculate 960 Volvo. You, you know that we're a bit of a pervert for these things. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an odd obsession to have, isn't it? it? Is. But it does look quite nice, so let's go and have a look at that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I found myself even looking at a Rover 216 and thinking, oh, I could justify owning that, I think. It's, uh, it's one of those cars, like, everyone's granddad had one. My granddad had three, I think. But, yeah.
My name is David Leroy. I've been a member of the Volvo Owners Club for 25 years and I've owned this particular motor car for nearly 20 years. I bought this from a gentleman who chopped it in for a Mercedes-Benz and he was very sorry about that because he felt that this was a better motor car and I wouldn't let him have it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really been quite marvellous. I bought it with 33,000 miles on the clock and it's still only done 68,000. It runs beautifully. Uh, I look after it like... Oh, well, better than my own children, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I polish it. Which caused you more trouble, the children or the Volvo? Oh, the children, dear. <laughs> the children, yes. It is, it is polished to, to a... Uh, oh, wow. wow, look at that! That is a that masterpiece. Is clean. That is very, very Right, tell us clean. about the engine. J just so you know what we're, we're suddenly in awe of. It is the engine bay, um, which is perhaps the cleanest engine bay I've ever seen. <laughs> it is a tip. <laughs> oh, thank you. It is, it is two and a half litres, 170 brake horse. It, it's got an automatic gearbox uh, with four speed. Um, it allegedly, we do 130 miles an hour, but by God, not with me in it. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's again, I, 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 I love it to bits and I clean it and I polish it. And my wife gets very cross with me because I spend too much time in the shed. <laughs> Can we uh, do we talk about fuel economy or do, fuel do we economy, not worry about that? Fuel economy is 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 a, is a subject which uh, we don't really want to um, get involved <laughs> in too far. But it you can get about twenty five to the gallon out of it with a very light foot. That's pretty good. Well, well, that's, not, that's okay. That's not bad. But if you put caravan on the back, which I generally do, um, it's down to about fifteen. Oh, see, that's my uh, my dad's uh, old 760 GLE estate that he used to have. Three-litre V6 yes. turbo automatic. And yes. uh, he used to be very happy if he got 19. He got 20 once and did that feel like throwing a party. Yes, so. well, yes, yes. Well, I haven't thrown any parties. <laughs> I'd make a mess on the inside. But um, <laughs> there, there we go. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's an old man's pride and joy. I've got to ask... The brake pipes, is, is this polished or have you had these taken out and coated? I mean, that they are they're crazy, just such a high level of shine. Well, I've, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm a Brasso nut. I've given, ah. up I've given up drinking it and I now use it for, <laughs> <laughs> for polishing the brass. I, I, I had a... Uh, my attraction to Volvos started... I think there's something you grow into, Volvos, isn't oh, it? Absolutely. As, when I was younger, not so much. My, my little boy is two... He uh, <laughs> he pulled out the toy box and he picked one up. And went red Volvo, and I, he's got a, an eight uh, an eight fifty estate in there. Mm -hmm. um, I I bought myself a V seventy, which I picked up with two hundred and fifty odd thousand miles on the clock. Slightly running. So it, it was running, yeah, it was running, and uh, it had been it had been well used uh, by a number of people, including a mechanic used to chuck gearboxes in the footwells in the back and things. Um, Brad, his name was, and I fell in love with it. This thing. What, uh, Brad or the. Brad the Volvo. Oh, Brad the Volvo. Yeah. Brad the Volvo. Yeah. BRD was the end of the yes. registration. Uh, and that was a, a two and a half litre um, five pot. Uh, used to absolutely sing, uh, and and it was just was a brilliant, brilliant machine. And and subsequently, I've become a, a, a bit of a pervert for boxy Volvos. A pervert? I have. I'm worried about this, Matt. Yeah, you <laughs> should be. <laughs> now, your five cylinder. Yes. Is the same as that white block, yep. but with five pots rather than six. Yes, it looks it looks very it is, similar. It is, the top, exactly yeah, the it's, it's the same lump. The uh, and they also use it in in four pot configuration, and you'll find them in very fast Fords as well. Yes, yeah, RS Focuses and STs and such. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yes, they use essentially that engine. Makes but a great noise. 
It does. It's at uh, 4,000 RPM. All of a sudden, it changes from from a, a, a sort of burble to to a real growl and a straight six growl, and it sounds lovely. But then, of course, you are down below ten to the gallon. <laughs> let's, let's just not worry about it's, MPG. It smiles. No, it smiles per gallon, not miles per gallon, isn't yeah. it? You you obviously you're a connoisseur. Ah, there we go. I've been called many things in my time. Well, I, yes, I including have too, a connoisseur. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What a lovely thing, though. That is that is great. What do you um, use to keep the plastic so shiny? Is that uh, elbow grease, lovely boy, and lots of years? <laughs> I, I find a little bit WD forty actually brings mine back. It does well, work. No, it does uh, work. WD forty is all right for ten minutes. Mm. Then it it, it 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 flares off. You don't use this daily, though, do you? Or do you? It is the only motor car I own. Is it? It is. Fantastic. In all weathers, or no? no. <laughs> I was going to say, surely it's come out, out in the, in the wet. No, no. I, when, when it rains, I take the bus. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And just, uh, just, uh, just wandering around, <laughs> just, uh, just wandering around to the inside. I see there's a, uh, a modification of a, a Nokia mobile phone car kit in there, so there that, just, just to bring it up to date and in, into the, oh, no, 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 this is, this into is 2021. Yes, yes, yes. This is, this is an amazing piece of, of technology. It even works. Excellent, excellent. Yes, yes, uh, shall I phone it for and you? And being, being a Nokia, I'd imagine the battery lasts for about seven years as well, doesn't it, well, without, only, without uh, needing charging? Longer than that if you don't turn it on. Excellent, even better, even better. And, uh, and uh, stereo-wise, is there a, a oh, yeah. standard oh, yes, stereo, yes, everything yes, original? Yes, yes, yes. 6 CD changer in the boot, I'll wager. Yes, yes. Shall I show it to you? Yes, yes. why not? Oh, let's see your I say, stack. I told you, I told you. Yes, you did say there was going to be a stack in the boot. Love the colour, by the way. What's it called, this colour? It's toot. Uh, it's red, yeah. Yeah, red. <laughs> red is what it's called. Right, under there, lovely gentleman. Ah, yes. Yeah, Alpine, Alpine as well. Yeah. It's not. It's to be honest with you, I fitted that. The 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 proper Volvo one fits here. This but, is just over to the left, just in case you're wondering what what yes. we're what we're doing when we're just yeah, patting bits of Volvo. Yeah, I pat I pat it a lot. Yeah, there's lots of lots, a lot of Volvo patting going on. Yes, 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 quite. Ah, oh, it's a but cool. So thing. Do you uh, do you do many shows and things like yeah. this with the car? Yes, yes, yes. I am actually the um, uh, the registrar keeper for the 700 and 900 series Volvos for the Volvo Owners Club. Ah. <laughs> so I can't really show it. <laughs> I. I very nearly drove over to the Isle of Wight not long ago and picked up a, a, a 960. It was just a, a, a lovely thing. You know, you know, you, you think, should I buy this sight unseen? Well, what could possibly go wrong? Look at that. I think that's. Yes. I, this this I is the front of, of Volvo Driver magazine, yes, which has, right, a, has yes. a car on front of it. Yes, that's me. And that is you. Looking that very is me. Proud. Yes, I am yes. very proud. Look, 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 look. You see. Yes, with with a shield uh, full, absolutely full shield. Of whatever, yes, little, whatever. little shields. Yes, yes. That's that was my dog, and that that's. Was uh, a dog allowed in the car? Oh yes, 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 yes. So right surprised you'd go for for an estate then in that case. Oh, I've got one. Oh, yeah. of course. Of course. I thought this was your only car. You've not been cheating on it, have you? No, no, it's my wife's car. Okay, <laughs> right, fair enough. Yes, yes, I. Nine series again? No, no, no. It's a, it's a two forty. Okay. Yes, it's um. So a, a more boxy. Oh yeah! Oh no! This this is oh it's 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 better than this one actually. Really? Yeah. They were always that blue colour near me. Uh, you're yeah. quite right. Yeah. This was blue. Always the uh, the flat blue colour. Yes. Yeah. It, it was a, a window cleaner used to work in Worthing Town Centre with a 240 oh, estate. Yes. Absolutely yes. immaculate. This thing again to a, a similar level to this. Always rain or shine, no matter what. It was immaculate. This thing. There's a guy that comes uh, that comes into into work actually with a, a 240. 
with fuel and he, he uses that all the time and I've stopped yeah. to Yes, look at that. It is that blue. It's that blue. But, but it is that blue. It, you're listening now. You know blue, exactly which blue. Blue two one three. You know which yeah. blue it is. You know which blue it is. They're all that colour. Oh, I've never no, seen. No, 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 no. They were. They were all sorts of colours. But I, that is the colour my wife picked. Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe, they're all that colour. I've not yeah, seen another colour. Yeah, I've not seen. <laughs> not seen one not in that colour. Well, here we go. There we go. This yes. is fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And you Thank you very much. It is my pleasure. There we go. And where where should people go if they want to find your owners club? Tell us. Uh, if they just go on online yep. to to, uh, to the Facebook page, yep. uh, look for the Volvo Owners Club, yep. right, and they'll find them on there. They're a very friendly lot. That's right? good. That's good. Yeah, and and if they get buy themselves a Volvo, yep. they won't be sorry. No, I, I I miss my Volvo. I sold it eventually with two hundred seventy three thousand on the clock to a to a family whose car had, had died, and they were they were on a journey to Devon or Cornwall or somewhere, so they bought it to take them to Devon and back. So a, a really, really long drive across the across the coast, but yeah, why not? Brad, Brad did it. Yep, there you go. Brad did everything. He did. Anyway, have a lovely day, gentlemen. And you too. Enjoy yourselves. Thank you. Thank you very much. Been a Take pleasure. Care. Thank Good you. To you. My name's Dominic. I, I work for a bank, and um, in order to deal with that, I at the weekend I enjoy collecting cars. I'm a part of a group of friends, and we own a collection of cars. I think there's 14. Uh, cars in total. We specialise in radical minis and American cars and we have a, we call our group Auto Relica and we've got four cars here today which are all minis, two shorties, a Paddy Hobkirk tribute car, a couple of trailers, one of which is a music trailer which links to our other passion which is um, doing live music and a very special V8, uh, very fast mini here. Wow. Um, we, we sort of tour Europe um, and play music and we collect for Save the Children. So this is a sort of charitable lifestyle hobby. That's excellent. Fantastic course. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about how people can get involved with supporting you with Save the Children? When there's not a pandemic, we try and make a summer trip. We don't ask for just giving save, um, donations because we, we know that you know some people use that to sponsor the holidays. We self-sponsor going. Right, okay. Um, and then we... Um, we do the just giving purely as profit, so we don't take anything from it. Amazing. And when we make a, 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 um, a trip, we have a, a Facebook page, yep. and we can direct people to that. And, and that's called um, Beer, Cars and Camping. Beer, Cars is, and Camping. There we go, guys. So I think it's on Facebook. Sounds like a good weekend. Camping, I think it might be. That, that does but, sound like a weekend, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's got the, the essential components of what we think is a it, good weekend. Of magic, I yeah. think. Yeah, pretty much. So do you do this in, in any of the open top cars, or do you do it... Just Purely with tin tops, or uh, no? We um, so we've taken the uh, open top. This bit has been to the, to Turin. We raced it on the um, the Fiat roof for my 50th Amazing. birthday. So this um, is the this is the open top V8 uh, car, which hopefully you'll see uh, on on our socials here. So this is uh, a little lost in mini in green. So you look out for that. Yeah, this is a, a Range Rover engine at the bottom with TVR heads, and it's got a big American 750 Elderbrock carburetor on it. Um, oh. We got a ticket from Santa Pod. At a I think it's 11.8 seconds. It does 0 to 60 in 2.9 seconds. Good um, God! We did a thousand miles in this car in Italy, um, and wow. it was, you know, the star of the show. 
So what's the, uh, obviously anyone looking at it, you, you can kind of pick out that, oh yeah, I, th- I think it was a Mini at one point and it's and it's still got the badge and uh, and some cues on it, but what what sort of work's gone into the bodywork to get it to uh, to look like this? So the, the, the whole of the back end it is Mini, all, all of the rear wings and everything like that, they've just been expanded, the whole of the front and the bonnet is is, is Mini, it's clearly again it's been modified, Yeah. Um, but you know this is, this is a Mini shell and mm. clearly there's been a lot of bracing put in to hold that engine safely. Sure. Um, and, and get it through the testing that it's needed to, to be safe. Um, this this car in three weeks' time is going to northern France for the um, Normandy beach racing. So we've been invited uh, over there by the, our friends in France, and uh, we'll be racing there uh, on the 10th to 12th of September, um, hoping to get some good times. It's got a sort of 40s and 50s vibe, so we're looking forward to that. Well, I'd probably say good luck to anyone who's racing against you with that sort of power <laughs> and, uh, and that sort of weight. There's a, a bit of an advantage we'll there. Down on sand, so I, I don't know how it will go, but... I, yes. I think in terms of the four components of a good weekend of beer, motors, music and camping, I think probably we'll have a great time. Well, I think how, however it ends up going, it'll definitely be fun, that's for certain, won't it? And this is quite unusual as well, because it, the motor's in the front, yeah. um, which is unusual for a big engine mini conversion. We see Honda engines and such in the front of minis a fair bit these days, but not something so big and so far back. How, how on earth have you a- accomplished that? So it's space friend. We, yep. we, um, I've built two of these cars. Um, this was built as a, a part complete. This, we've done actually quite little to this other than making it look more attractive. Um, but this, this, this car is, is basically got a sort of rigid cage around the engine to, right. to tie it together. And, and you're right, it's rear wheel drive. We, we have another Mini that has a motorcycle engine, which is also rear-wheel drive. Right. Um, um, but generally, most conversions, like the one next to it, which is a Vauxhall Power 1600, yeah. they, they would still retain the transverse position. Um, so it's quite, you know, it's quite a radical thing to do to a car. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the track is, is huge. I mean, the, the rear arches, I mean, how, how much have you added to the width of the car? I mean, it's, it's at least a tyre's width out, isn't it, out of the body for a start? Yeah, so, that, so when, when the engine was turned round, it's got a... a, a Capri Cosworth type back axle. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. A, a limited slip differential to, to get the power down. Sure, so it's got a, a, an Atlas or something similar at the back. Yeah, that's, that's what uh, what sort crazy. of brake horsepower is it putting out? Uh, I put it at about 305. Car weighs about 600 <laughs> and something kilos. So is that is it a proper proper handful? Do you really have to pay attention with it, or is it compliant at low speeds? It's got so much torque because it's coming from a Rover V8. You can actually drive it quite politely when we're going through Europe. <laughs> I love um, that politely. When you put the power down, you need to not have been drinking and really concentrate on what you're doing. <laughs> sound, sound advice there for for pretty much most motoring, I would imagine. Um, if you feel the weight of that, you know that goes yeah. about six seven kilos. That's the I bonnet. Mean. Yeah, so this is this is the bonnet uh, yeah. that, that that Jim's holding now, and yeah, fiberglass and obviously very very light. In order to get the wheels as close to the front to make it handle as best possible, there is no radiator, so the the, the water is being pumped from the front of the car to the back of the car, and you'll see the holes in the back here. Yeah, yes. um, And there's Audi radiators behind there, and okay. it's scooping air from underneath the car through that through um, electric fans, and mm. we're pumping water from the front of the car to the back of the car. It A comes great up way of doing it through the passenger. And one of the stupid decisions we made is moving the, um, the seats out for these bomber seats because they conduct heat. Yeah. So um, gradually, if you do about... We, we think the maximum tolerability for this car is about 70 miles, and, th- and then you need some therapy and a rest. So the, these, are, these are beautiful um, metal seats that, that, that are inside of the car. They are 
they are lovely. They look, they look the absolute bomb, don't they? And so moving forward, obviously no windscreen. No, we've got so aerofoils on goggles. both sides. Yeah. We've got a set of um, goggles that came from China, which, which do help. These are, they are probably as original as the car appears. <laughs> what a crazy thing. That, that really is mad. I, I, I think this is the first time I've ever seen a mini bumper space Ford with adjusters. That normally you see a sort of jack car, don't you, where you can adjust a splitter up and down. Um, but the chrome bumper is, is just brought forward. I think that's brilliant. So when this car was in a previous origination, it had a splitter on it. Right. And the splitter didn't really look classic enough. Sure. Uh, um, so this is a, um, a mini bumper. Yep. It's been converted with the things that were holding the old splitter on. Yep. And then we've got the overriders that were bought off eBay for yep. £12. And the whiskers. And, yeah. and the... Um, and the, and the bracketry at the ends for originality. The That's ho- cool. The, the, there was a photograph on the workshop wall of a 1927 Bentley. Yep. Every decision we made about styling was looking at that Bentley. So if you look at the grille, you'll you see that it's got a black mesh. Number with the eight. eight. Yep. To the racing machine, the three-litre supercharged. Yep. We, we never quite got to the point of putting a fake supercharger on the front because you're only a moment away from putting bullet holes in your car at that, and that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, there is a nod to Bentley and our love of Bentley, yeah. and, and we call the car the Mentley. Oh. <laughs> and they, uh, what appears to be a beer can in, uh, in some of the pipework in there as well. <laughs> Decorative. Yeah. Oh, many, many beer cans, there's more. Camping music, beer. I love how it all ties in together. The, the <laughs> themes just run together so well, don't they? That's, that is a, a crazy piece of engineering. I take it to, to get to most things, front end unbolts looking at it and you can lift it away? So the whole front flips off Okay. Um, and, and, and you can remove it. It's got a, um, a, like a commando caravan socket down there, like a trailer socket. I can see that. So yep. you, can, you can pull the whole front off. Um, recent work I've done on it uh, includes wrapping the, the manifolds yep. with um, like cafe racer type um, gauze yep. because we're having real, real problems with fuel vaporisation because we don't have the cooling. We've sure. introduced those vents into the bonnet to get more air in. We're, we're taking the combustion air outside the car where it's cooler, which is yes. good, but we were creating so much heat from yep. the power plant that we were vaporising the fuel. Yeah, because it was heating up the head in time, yeah. and then we were losing um, losing the engine, uh, particularly at low revs. So we've now wrapped it, and that was a lot, the last big job, um, because everything is custom. You know, you're only a moment away from jacking the car off the body. Um, I I see something that says nitrous. There's a nitrous plate in it. I've been too scared to use it today. I I, yeah, I don't blame you. You mentalist. So it's what 300 something horsepower. It, the last thing you need when you're trying to keep it going in a straight line is 75 horsepower more to worry about. Good God, and, man! To press the button. This is just it's mad. Does it not just spin if you if you if you get it wrong? Because no, it follows the weight. All of the weight of the car is, is that, the that lump. Okay. So, yeah. So so yeah. So it's, it's following the engine at, at the front because it's. Although it's actually quite far back for a Mini, it's still quite far forward in the car, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, handling-wise, it handles incredibly well. We took it to Bugatti Hill Climb yep. in, um, I, th- I think it's near Gloucester, um, and the time we got with the car on bendy stuff uphill was the same as a relatively sporty BMW M3, which had a lot of people that are m- much, much cleverer than me working on it. So we, we, felt, we felt that we had, you know made a good show on that day and you say you obviously use these things with a, with a bunch of mates and you, you run the cars all together yeah Mike, you... um, Gary and my name's Dominic and 
I do, I do the wrenching, Gary does some, and, and Mike enjoys the, the beer and the driving bit, but not in, <laughs> but not, not in that order, of course. But do you, uh, do you all meet up together and then have a few, a, a few tins and sort of get into working on the cars? So we, we have um, what we call um, the, the, the Winchester, which is um, respect to uh, Minder. Um, we call it the Winchester. It's actually Auberge Pub, which is in Waterloo. Yeah. We go there sometimes after work, cause we, some of us work in town. And we have a few drinks, and that's where the ideas flow. Yeah. Started with a Rolls Royce with undercar lighting, with considerably richer than you, to take yeah. down for a, a, a street race in uh, Le Mans one day. Yeah. And it just got out of hand. We've now got an industrial factory unit. We own 14 cars, and we're like lying under it at some point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Le Mans is, is a perfect place for this car. I mean, when you go down, they go down the Mad Mile camping yeah, yeah the 24 hour is, is perfect for this isn't it well we used to take a band down to Le Mans and play at one of our favorite um, cafes in Arnage and we you know we, we picked that up at about 100 people spectating and when we stopped it only a few years ago there were a thousand people coming we had all the cars parked out the front it became a monster yeah um, and, uh, and then we stopped because we I, I mean frankly I'm still working and I couldn't sustain the effort <laughs> of, yeah. of taking 12 people yeah four hot rods and a band to, yeah. to Le Mans it was just intense yeah, well, what a cool thing to have done, though. That, that is very it was, cool. Yeah, it was great. Um, you had some other cars you wanted to show us as well. You said that you had a Paddy Hobkirk tribute down there. So, yeah, sure. so that's can, uh, can we have a quick look at that? Oh, now, this, this is a bit of me. This is, this is very cool, I have to say. I love the sun visors as well. So Yeah, so the objective of this car was different. We bought a Mini. It was a, an 81 Mini. Mm -hmm. It was a bit of a dog, frankly. We did an awful lot of welding on it. And then we, we come to the point of going to the Winchester, as we call it, and thinking about, you know, what's the theme? Um, so, you know, one of the cars is a, is a black minivan with a white roof, and that's, that's done out in Guinness livery. And, you know, so, we, you know, we really stress our imagination about what we're going to do to something. And that, that becomes that year's project. Now, Paddy Hobkirk, of course, was a, was a fantastic racing driver in the day. He won the Monte Carlo in 1964. Um, and and this, is the, this is a copy of the car that, mm -hmm. that he did that in. Yep. Um, so it's an 81 car. It, nothing is real that you're looking at. <laughs> um, it, it has an MG Metro motor in it, taken out the rear lights and put Mark 1s in, yep. changed the rear windows, the dashboard, it's got bucket seats, central exhaust, spaced the wheels out, it's got reverse rims on it, it's got the sort of Italian job style spotlights, painted the roof cream. And then we have a, a front, what we call a fronty trailer, which is something that creates electricity for the, the other trailer, which is a sound system. Um, and we, we, we sort of did did that in the same Paddy Hopkirk style. So it's a tribute to Paddy and the fact he was a pioneer of that time and did fantastic things that no one would have even dreamed of. So we, we respect him and, and what he stood for. I think in terms of the Mini and in terms of, of marketing and, and perhaps even Britain and the brand of Mini and BMC and you know, the UK car industry, Paddy Hopkirk and Italian Job, there are no two greater adverts, no. I think, for these cars. And they've, they've inspired generations and... People have fallen in love with cars because of these people and because of the, obviously because of the film. And and for me, yeah, this is this is properly cool. I, so I love this. This car's not been finished that long, um, but the the yellow car, which we can move on to, and the dark green that we've spoken about, have been to um, Turin mm. for my 50th birthday, and we have raced around that track, and we use that sound system, which is also built into the back of the mini trailer, <laughs> to play the Self Preservation Society because oh, we're musicians, brilliant. and it was a moment on a Sunday morning. I've always dreamed of, of popping, popping over there and, and, and driving the test track in, in Oh, it's really fabulous. It's one of those things that's... that's I, I definitely want to do one of my life goals, I yeah, think. No, you've got to get it up there. It's relatively straightforward to get up there. It's a little bit more difficult to get up there with a the car. 
Yes. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's a problem solved with cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that solves a lot of problems. Do you want to move on to the next car? Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's have a look. The next car is, I call it car zero. This is the first car that we built. So th this is um, a shorty. It, so it's, um, it's a mini, cut in half. You remove the centre section, you weld the back to the front, you put a lot of strengthening in the sides. Subframes remain in order that you are legal and that you've not changed the structural parts of the car. Again, it's a, an MG motor and we call it mini cab. So it's, it's ah, um, painted in the style of a New York cab. It's the first car that I painted, and I, I didn't. I, I got there in the end. It took a lot of time, so I didn't really know what I was doing. I watched a lot of YouTube videos, um, and this car is attached to um, a back of a Mini welded to the back of a Mini with <laughs> a massive thousand watt PA stuck in it. W when we go on tour in Europe, we um, we take a, a guitar and a, a cajon, which is a, a percussion instrument, and a piano, and it all plays out of that car so that we can we can busk as we go. Yeah, what but, a great idea. This car's also got uh, a big stereo in it, which is separate, which is also Bluetooth. The air vents have been taken out and replaced with tweeters. There's um, <laughs> nine by six speakers here, and then there's a, a bass bin and a massive amplifier in the boot. There's amps behind the dash. Again, it's a sort of nod to the works mini styling with the, with the aluminium dash um, yep. and the, the switches, but most of this stuff is to do with the stereo. New centre stack. Yeah. Very cool. And that's, that's, um, that's the collection. What a, a fantastic collection of cars and what, what great fun. I, I like the fact that, that nothing obviously takes itself too seriously, so what a great way of being able to get out there and, and just enjoy yourself and enjoy the time with your mates. And, it's, yeah. um, that's what it's and for a good cause as well. Fantastic yeah. cause. So go, guys, just make sure um, you look it up. Um, again, tell us where we can find you. So, um, what, what what I'll do is just remind you that the um, the, the sort of group that we've, we've formed, we've, we've recently started calling ourselves Auto Relica, and uh, you'll find web presence on that, which will get meta-tagged shortly, and that will link to um, a Facebook page where you'll see what we're up to. Um, and then, if you see a Just Giving page, I can just assure you that anything we're up to, none of that money is used for us getting there or any of the projects. All of the Just Giving money is given to save the children, every penny of it. So we don't make any deductions for our trips. We we service those. Sometimes we spend thousands of pounds to make very little, but that, that's the way it is. Um, so if, if you find us through Autorelica, then uh, it'd be grateful for your support for Save the Children. There we go. Smashing. Thank you Thanks very much. Thank you much indeed. Great, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we are approaching the end of a very long day and we are on the Sangyon stand. Now, with me, I have Fuzz Townsend, car SOS and just general all-round great guy. Now, Fuzz, thank you for talking to us. I know it's been a long day. We've been wandering around, we've been looking at the classics, which have been absolutely great, speaking to some of the owners. And we've also seen some electrified classic cars as well, some really interesting stuff, where they've kept the manual box and just some crazy developments. I just wanted to know what you thought about it. It's each to their own, really, isn't it? You know, if somebody owns a car and they desperately want to put a, um, an electric power plant in it and they're going to be taking out a splendidly engineered V12 engine, well, that's, that's down to them, isn't it? But, um, you know, it might be disappointing to some, but, uh, you know, generally these things are always reversible. So that's that's not too bad a thing. But, yeah, I would suggest things like um, various microcars or, um, you know, perhaps uh, single or twin cylinder cars which suffer from greater vibration. Hmm. And so, you know, they could, they, could be, uh, they could be ironed out. I used to have a, a BMW Isetta 300, which was like, uh, you know, start the engine up, it was like a, a washing machine with a brick in it on spin cycle. And it could have done with some smoothing out. Mm. And actually, a, an electric motor in that would have been an absolute, or would be, 
an absolute boon to that car and would make it a really great and drivable vehicle and one for modern roads, modern cities at least. Improving cars, I, what I would do is look at uh, which cars could be improved in driving experience, not necessarily faster, mm. maybe the same speed, yep. but just better because because they don't either vibrate or they don't suffer suffer unreliability problems or what, what have you, all kinds of stuff like that. Now, I have two questions for you, if I may, and I'm going to let you have a little bit of rest. I know you've been chatting to people all day. First of which is, early on in Car SOS, yes. there was a Mark IV Escort that was on the ramps forever. What's the score with that? Was that a passion oh, okay. project for so someone? So it was a grey Mark IV Escort. Yes. Yeah. So that belonged to a customer. Yeah. And she had bought that car, or her dad had bought that car for her, bought, bought it new yeah. for her. And her father had passed away, and she'd used it as a daily driver for, you know, for years and years and sure. years. And she just, she didn't want to have another car. She had a very close uh, emotional connection with that car. Yeah. yeah. And um, so she asked us to, to restore it for her. But unfortunately, just before the restoration was completed, uh, she herself contracted um, contracted cancer, I believe, and uh, and she passed away. Oh, man. And so her husband took receipt of the car once once we'd finished it. It was a kind of double tragedy, really. It's a real shame that she never did actually get to um, to enjoy her car, although she visited it regularly as the process was going through. I think there's so much emotion tied up in cars, and obviously you know that because you've, you've made so many people's lives better, which is, which is a fantastic thing. For me, I, I mean it, I genuinely mean it, because th there are some things which on television, you know, there's always production involved, but there are genuine emotions. Yeah. And there, there are, it's very rare that, that, that I, I think I get teary about certain things. And there, I think there's so much emotion tied up in cars. I've got an old, like, it's, it's nothing exciting, it's like a 30 year old Orion, right? Yeah. But it's my baby. Like for that's me, cool. a thirty-year-old Orion—that's a great survivor. Yeah. Because you know, don't it's just a normal don't car. Not, don't. Yeah, but it's not a normal car, is it? It's a thirty-year-old yeah. car, which is which is a great survivor. I I remember um, thirty years ago, I was still working working on buses, you know, for a, for a living, and I remember one of the guys there had an Orion, and we used to call it the was it the Ford Escortina, Escortina, <laughs> Escortinera, or something like that? Because it, it had so many bits and bobs yes, from, from other from other cars in there, and um, you know that feels feels like yesterday, but it's a very long time ago. And cars of that type surviving now must be in penny numbers. So I think I think that's a very worthy cause keeping that uh, keeping that car around and on the road. It's a bit of a random one. It's identical to the car my mum and dad bought when I was three. As yeah. in, it's the same spec, same colour, same everything, yeah. and. They sold it, I was so upset. I was about seven, Dad's like, they'll all be in scrapyards by the time you're old enough to drive. Yeah. And I was, I was studying at the time and sort of working two jobs and everything else and one came up for sale yeah. and I blew everything I had to buy. It was like 600 quid. But, Good. And I've, I've had it for 13, 14 years now. Brilliant. And well, I've, I've done it up and it's, it's, you know, seeing shows where you, you can see what happens when you get the cars done up and how to do it. Yeah. So following people like yourself but for me it'd be kind of a dream to be able to do that you can learn you know that's the thing there are there are ways to to, to learn out there be it from uh, you know badgering a local local company that does that kind of work and making lots of great cups of tea yes. and and picking up skills as you go and you know sort of learning on bit of scrap scrap yes. panel and stuff like that and learning how to panel beat 
and all that kind of thing. There are ways of doing it. It's determination. You were determined enough to um, to to buy that that Ford Orion, yeah. and and you got it. So so all you need to do now is acquire those skills. So you I, need to show show um, you know additional levels of determination. <laughs> well, I, I was lucky enough. My wife wanted to use it for our wedding, and she turned down the boss's Bentley. Said, "Can we use the Orion?" So I had to completely stripped it, yeah. painted it, got it ready. But uh, there you go. It's it, you know it. it I think that learning on rubbish old Fords is how I've learned, but certainly not anything like the sort of level that you can do. It's well, impressive. You know, I, I use uh, there are there are loads of jobs that I'm absolutely no good at. Panel beating, I'm not great at that. I can it's make not. a repair patch. I can I can make a repair patch and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to making an entire panel, yeah. you don't want me doing that. So the skills that I've learned, I mean, as, as having a workshop and. Uh, you know, before when I when I was technical editor of Practical Classics, yeah. was find the right people to do the right job. So I do that within the workshop, within the yes. workforce in my in my work in my workshop. Uh, we've chosen the right people in there to do to do the right jobs. And you know, it's you know, it's it's difficult if when whenever you lose a member of the the team, yeah. then you know you have to replace that person. It is. A tricky thing, and it's a tricky thing industry-wide. But my skill, I think, in the past ten years, or fifteen years, has been to know who to pick and how to get things done. Yes, and, that's, that's the kind of thing. and I think people are always afraid of, of buying in the right talent, the right jobs. There's certain things that I won't do on a car. Yeah. I'll give it to someone because it's it just requires. Yeah, get somebody else to do it. They'll do yeah. it. They'll do it in. They'll do yeah. it in ten minutes flat. Yeah. and uh, it'll be money well spent. That's it. Railways is what I want to talk to you about. Go on in. Because I, I have seen that you've been making model railways. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just wanted to ask you briefly, what's been the driver for that? Because I think, let's face it, most of us have had that, when we were growing up, have had a, like a Hornby train set or something yeah. and, and loved it. And then something's obviously brought, you, brought that back to you just recently. Well, I had, I had Hornby clockwork sets for my third birthday, for my fourth birthday. Both of them were, were destroyed within a week of receiving them <laughs> because they were the original sort of steel rail tracks and all that kind of thing. Give those to a three or four year old, they're not going to last yeah. long. Then I got my first sort of, uh, my first electric version, about 1973 or something like that, when I was nine, eight or nine. So I've had sort of model railways, I'm going to call them train sets. Uh, yes. I've had train sets for, for, um, for a long time. And then Christmas just gone, uh, I bought my, my my middle son said that he wanted a train set for Christmas. So it was like, okay, get you a train set. And it was a train set, it came in a box. Yeah. And um, so got him that, put it on the tabletop. And yeah. the whole family were sort of like fascinated by this thing. You know, his younger brother, my wife, everybody yeah. was getting involved in it. So, so I thought, right, well, I'll go and search out all my old stuff, yeah. which I did. Got a bit more track, put it on a board, just on a, on a board in the living room. Everybody loved it, so it expanded from there. I sort of put something out on social media that I was doing doing this. Then I got a call from um, from Tim Mulholland, CEO of Hornby. Nice. He said we're doing this family initiative, getting whole families sort of, you know, playing with uh, model railways, train sets, whatever you want to call them. And um, he said I'll send you some stuff up. So that meant uh, amazing more stuff. Yeah. So, and then my then my wife said, well, we can't have this in this uh, in in the. Um, <laughs> in the office room because yeah. we need to use this as an office so, yeah. so it got put out to a to a garage that we have out back yeah. and we're, we're lucky we have a number of garages so this one was not being used for anything I was thinking I was surprised there wasn't a car in there yeah, so, yeah. no no um, but um, then of course it was like well 
I could fit twice the board space into into this garage, probably even four times if I wanted to go go uh, widthwise as well. So of course it became twice as long, and so that's where we're up to now. Twice as long, more track, more scenery, rejigging of everything. So so yeah, this has been on. But uh, I grew up next to a railway. I had a had a railway embankment at the bottom of my garden. So I used to from the age of dot until I until I left home. I I lived next to the sound of. Um, of good strains going past. That's pretty awesome. My, my little boy is two, and he's into anything with an engine, anything that goes, yeah. trains, cars, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he, we've got, he's got a load of, of Brio track and stuff, and all set up, and he's, he's, he's into it big time. And every time I pick him up from nursery, and he goes, Daddy, railway, Daddy, railway, and we have to go to the station. Yeah. We go to the station, or we go and stand on the bridge, watch the trains come through. The drivers, he's got it, he's got it yard whistle, you know, yeah. they do the, the, the whistle, the beep, and he just. He, he sort of lives for it, all these things. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine's given me some old tracks, a little bit rusty, but you know, I've cleaned it up. And we're yeah. just, just a little loop around the table and he can just sit and watch it for hours. He loves it. Yeah, uh, it. There is something about it that you get, I think, when you're young. And it's the same with cars. You, you sort of get that when you, it, it gets you and then exactly you just can't, you can never let yeah, it go. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm yeah. a died in the wall. Uh, you know, I started with Hornby Dublo yeah. as well. My brother had some Hornby Dublo. Yeah. I, I wasn't allowed to play with the... Um, with the locomotive, which was a, uh, a Kobo, yeah, uh, as in Boko from uh, from, <laughs> like from, from Thomas uh, and yeah, all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of those, and um, so unfortunately, because I wasn't allowed to run it with electricity, I tried to push it along. Oh no, <laughs> it's, not, it's not helped it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely destroyed it. Yeah, um, but yeah, so you know, I've, I've had a long history, and I'm trying to put right the destruction of my very early years. I had to ask you about. It. I hope that's, uh, that's, that's right. okay. It's but thank you so much that's for talking cool. to me, and uh, yeah, I hope that's you enjoy pleasure. the rest of your show. All thank right. you. Cheers, well, we're approaching the end of what has been actually quite a warm day of just wandering around, looking at cars, chatting to the owners, seeing some EVs. It's, it's been a great one, hasn't it? It's been a very, to be honest, a very random, a very eclectic mix of, uh, of cars and... Uh, and owners. And owners and bits <laughs> and pieces. <laughs> and it's, uh, but it's been, uh, it's been a cracker, to be honest. It's not what I was expecting at all, at all. Or me. But it's, uh, it's been good. If you've been to a, to a motor show before, then you know you expect to walk around and you see cars turning around on a turntable and people doing reveals and stuff. There's a bit of that here. Yep, certainly. But there's there's so much more. I think it's partly it partly feels so different because we've been so used to being stuck inside and not being able to go out and talk to people in person and going seeing things and, and dare I say it, touching things as well. Yeah, and the uh, I quite like the mix of. Uh, manufacturers stands and you know the the official polished high gloss yes we've spent a lot of money on our trailer type presence and the uh, local enthusiasts the owners club of whatever wherever have just brought all their cars and all their members down to have a good time and that's ultimately what what shows like this I think are all about is just you know chatting to people seeing different cars and meeting the owners and having a good time with like-minded people we've said it before and, and, and let's face it cars are a fantastic thing we admire them as pieces of art we admire them as pieces of engineering but in the end they're driven by people and when you have groups of people that share that same interest that's when the magic kind of happens cheesy as it sounds and i think there's that slight bit of reassurance that people get as well it's like they can tell you know they can say to their wife when they go home no people are excited to see my car see i told you it's not just me that likes cars like this it's uh, it's other people as well it's when you're looking into the, the top of a, a v8 mini roadster 
And you go, is that the steering column from a, a Ford Sierra? And they look at you and go, yes, it is. I'm kind of appalled and amused by this. Nerd. Impressed. Yeah, I am a nerd. That, that is it. That's me. I recognise a headrest. It's from a Ford One Day from 1993. Ah, okay. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just good fun, isn't it, really? No, it's been an absolute cracker. And, uh, and if, uh, if they're running this again next year, which I hope they are, then uh, I can't wait to be back. And if you want to see some of the things that we've seen, then head over to UK Motor Talk on all your socials. You know where we are, or ukmotortalk.co.uk. Thank you for listening to us, and we look forward to seeing you, speaking to you next time. There's just always oh, an E-Type going and by. Just, uh, yeah, just as we're walking out, we nearly get run over by an E-Type. So if, E-type. Uh, mm. if you're going to go, what better way to go? And that smells nice. It, I was just going to say the same nice thing. It smells nice. amazing, doesn't it? It just goes past. But it doesn't smell so good when you have this, uh, this ethanol-based petrol in it, so... Yeah, that's, that smells good, it has to be said. But anyway, as we were saying, thank you for listening to us, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. UK Motor Talk at the British Motor Show, a first take media production. <laughs>